You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. As that bass goes thundering along, it's the <laughs> afternoon here on 3RRR FM, and uh, as we do a little dance here today in uh, Studio 2 in beautiful downtown East Brunswick. We just completed the rarely attempted difficult studio flip yes. mid-show. It was good. It feels good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We used to do it all the time. Back in oh, the day. Back in those days. Yeah. It was like run in, run out. It was like that, wasn't yeah, it? That was the old days, uh, Victoria Street in Fitzroy, and there might be some young'uns that might be listening that uh, go, what's Fitzroy? <laughs> what do you mean, Daddy? <laughs> Mummy? Tell me tales. Tell me tales. Of 90s Melbourne. 90s Melbourne. Uh, yes, it was a studio that was dark and... Uh, 25 Victoria Street, and the old phone number was 94192066. I don't know how I remember these things. I Just happens. Don't remember some people's names. How are you, Cameron Smith? I'm very good. Who should we thank? Uh, we should thank the scientists. The brains who are... At- Yes, oh, who are no, there? They're still they're they're lingering around, they're mingling in the green room, yes. just debriefing. Yes, and all we their need brainery. And we need to say uh, big good days and big ups to Dr. Shane. Hope all is well. Yes, um, I think I tweeted to him that there is a break in the space time continuum. Mm. Yes, when he's not here, Did you like that. Yes, yeah. sort, of, sort of scientific, <laughs> bit sci-fi. Uh, we've got a lot to get through yes. today, so um, maybe we just might get a move on. I am really looking forward to the mm. show today because we start off with uh, Tammy Jonas from Jonas Farms and yes. she's talking what S- is she serious stuff. You're saying she was uh, making representations to the United Nations. Uh, she was indeed the Commission of Genetic Resources for Food and Agriculture in Roma. In Rome. Yeah. In Rome. In Rome. Um, and uh, talking about, uh, well... Just uh, how do small farms keep going? This situation. Biodiversity. We find ourselves in. This situation we find ourselves yeah. in. That's very well put. Yeah. Um, doesn't need to be extrapolated in one bit at all. So Tammy Jonas is going to have a chat to us about that. And also she has a an event that is going to be on called uh, Farm Day Out. Mm-hmm. No doubt she'll have a chat a bit about that. Uh, David Moyle. Um, yes, chef from Long Song, upstairs from Long Grain in yes. Little Burke Street, in that interesting little precinct that I've spoken to you about. You have, yes. Which includes Bar Saracen and Anas yes. and Juliet, if you want to go downstairs. Yeah. And the other one that I haven't been to, which I forget, which is really... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a good hood. So t- top end... Sunda, Sunda. Top end of Little Burke Street. Top end of Little Burke Street. Parliament end. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. And I love David's cooking, and um, he's going to be doing something very interesting for Food and Wine Festival, which mm. is on. Yes, and on. Is it on now? Is it on soon? It's on soon, I think. It's on. It's on. It's right son. now. It's on. It's on. Matt. It's on. Matt, it's on. All right? <laughs> Get on it, Matt. Get out there, son. people. Yeah. How uh, many events? You see probably like, I don't know, 250,000 events or something. 250. That's a lot of events. Yeah. I don't know why I knew that. <laughs> I'm briefed. Uh, I'm well briefed today. But, uh, uh, can I share with the audience that for the, for once, every, once every couple of years we get organised and you sent through a uh, a running sheet. And it's quite verbose. It's like 10 pages long. Well, you're very well briefed. I'm, I'm blushing. Stop it. It's good. Okay, thanks. Yes. Spoiling the secrets. It's like lifting the veil. David Moore, you say. What a delight. Yeah, thank you, David Moore. Thank you. And uh, he's doing a, uh, a dinner that is 6,500 years in the making. Ah. That's what the copy says. Right. Yes. 6,500 years. Yes, because it's the eel dinner. And um, 
it, what it refers to is something very serious, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yes, there we go. I'm looking yes. at my eyebrows have come down um, because it's uh, it's debunking uh, some myths, right? A myth um, about um, Aboriginal agriculture and aquaculture. Yes. So we're going to be speaking a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, and it's sauce time. The tomatoes. Yes. Are, are in. Uh, I've seen Romas down to about two fifty a kilo retail. I've seen boxes of quote sauce tomatoes. Yes, at, at Toscano's. Mm. Well, we've got Mario from Cafe Spriga. No, not Cafe Spriga. Spriga Espresso Bar. Yes, and I made him a double shot espresso, and he went, "Oh, hey, nice crema." Oh, and no went, pressure, mate. We've only been using this machine for fifteen years. I think. <laughs> look, it's not much to look at the beloved Triple I coffee machine, but no, it does, it does a, a good shot. Yeah. yeah, it does a very good shot. It is a ripper, and David was very happy with his macchiato, and he brought in the uh, the Posada. <laughs> he did, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the history of Posada, the yes. community, the communal aspects of Posada. And for all you skippies out there, mm. I'm looking at you, man. Yeah, I'm totally fear, fear not, because mm. if you if you want to do um, a Posada. In a small quantity. If you haven't got a large, you know, like a gar- extended family. A garage and family to call on. And a 44-gallon drum to boil these things up in. <laughs> Whilst you argue and shout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what are you doing? Who's putting in the basil? Um, are we putting in the basil this year? Um, that sort of stuff. Yes, fear not because um, Mario's going to look after you. Cool. And if we do have time, and I'm mm. going to keep moving because it is 12.09 already, mm. um, he might have a... Recipe from Nonna. Oh, nice. 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 Something to do with eggs, which is good. Now, I've got a couple of things to mention yes, here. Yes, probably should be quick uh, to say. I'm going to. Okay. Just, just, all right. yeah, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm going to. Um, there's an event that um, looks like a lot of fun in mm. Jindavik. And, excuse me. <coughs> yes, it's in Jindavik. Mm. Uh, it's called the Village Feast. Yes. It was uh, slated for uh, next Saturday. Mm-hmm. The fort- uh, from It was supposed to be on the 16th. And what it basically is, mm. this little town of Jindavik, mm. uh, which isn't that far away from here, near the Bunyip State Forest. Oh, now that's been in the news recently. Now, okay, and this is, this is, this is why. It's sort of getting towards mm. that sort of area. And the idea is that uh, Alejandro Sarieva. Yes. I don't know why I have to speak like that. Alejandro Sarieva. <laughs> There you go, with the Aussie sort of thing. Um, from Pastizzo, yes. that's the Peruvian place down there in ACDC Lane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be the butcher. Shannon Martinez. Mm. See, I'm doing it again. Yes. Um, is, uh, is looking after the greengrocer, and Victor Leong is looking after the Chinese restaurant, which will be awesome. Yes. Uh, fear not, it is uh, still going to be happening. It's been moved to Saturday the 30th of March. A couple of weeks back. And I'm going to be there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be doing stuff. I'll be waving the chook. Okay. I'm not, I'm not the chicken bar guy, so sure. just so you know that. But anyway, I'm going to be there. And uh, so look it up. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. What's it called again? Just one more time. It's called the uh, it's 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 called the Village Feast. The Village Feast. Village Feast. Um, also, um, saw someone. It was the opening of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Yes. Uh, down there at the Malt House, which yes. is the central hub. Mm. And uh, saw a um, a buddy of mine, Mauro Caligari, mm. who uh, is in Jembrook at the Independent, wow. and he cooks beautiful food. Yes. No one's going. Yeah. So go. Yeah. Um, I think, as far as I know, check, obviously. Yes. See the, but I see that the bushfire threat is diminished. 
Still very hazy around Melbourne, isn't it? A lot of smoke haze kicking around, but don't let that deter you. But just check the CFA app before you go. I agree. Yeah, the independent um, in Jembrook. Beautiful food. Mm-hmm. That whole area needs people, not just not just them, Yeah. but this is the thing. The, the, the bills keep coming in. That's true. The wages have to be paid. Mm-hmm. The food in the fridge has to be served. Yes. Let that hang for a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, it's just a uh, just a thought, and just as a sort of observation, um, I was coming down Dandenong Road uh, in my motor car, mm-hmm. and uh, funny thing is, there's a whole bunch of plane trees there, and there's a lot of leaves on the ground, and that seems a little bit premature. Autumnal leaves, yeah, I've noticed a few of that because that usually happens. The plane trees are usually the end, because you know mm. that's the sound that I kind of remember of. Yeah, right. isn't that? <laughs> You, you with me? Yeah. Uh, yes, and also I was going past the Windsor Hotel mm. and the doorman was sweeping the footpath. Of really? The so that's Gee, it is early this year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, let's just leave that. Oh, we're going to talk to Tammy Jonas. Yes. Uh, let's uh, not tarry. No. Let's do that now, shall we? <laughs> it's a good plan. Thank you. There indeed. 12.14 here on 3 Triple RFM, and uh, Tammy is in the Optimum reception area at her farm. How's it working? I think it should be okay, Cam. Ooh, what do you reckon? Listen to that. That's crystal clear. It's like, you're, it's like you're next to me. We have a new tower. I can see it from where I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Jesus to the new tower. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Tammy, um, we'll get straight into it. Welcome uh, back. We haven't spoken for a while. You went to Rome. Uh, am I right in saying it was the Commission on Genetic Resources for Food and Agriculture? You are correct. Oh, thank God. Okay, well, that's a good start to the interview. <laughs> oh, we're doing all right. But by the end of the interview, I want you to be able to, be able to say CGRFA. A CGRFA, yeah, okay. <laughs> CGRFA, I can do that. I love an acronym. Um, what is this acronym all about? Uh, where was it and uh, how did you get the invite? Yeah, so, well, after the Australian Food Sovereignty Alliance, is a member of the International Planning Committee for Food Sovereignty, which is a global alliance of groups like ours working for food sovereignty. And as such, we have a um, standing invitation to most uh, UN meetings to do with food and agriculture. Yes. Uh, and, so, and they fund our travel to attend these meetings, actually. So this one was in Rome. The Commission meets every two years. And every two years, they kind of look at the, the state of genetic resources and this year, they actually produced, for the first time, the State of the World's Biodiversity for Food and Agriculture. Whoa. Uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't happy news. And you where, know, where, where are we at? It's bad. So we've been losing oh. genetic diversity in seed and breed of livestock um, for decades. And mostly, you know, that lies at the feet of industrial agricultural practices that favor homogeneity and uh, in both production and processing. And monocultures, um, of course. Uh, yeah, totally. So Tuts. monocultures are easier to care for and just apply chemical to, mm-hmm. um, but they mean that we're suffering rapid loss of, of the diversity in our system. And like to give you an example, one, one story, well, a case study that was submitted by the United States, they um, had... And they have one bull. The semen from one bull has Ooh. gone to 155,000 oh. cows around the world. It gives me terrible images, by the way. Of what I America know, the bull. Like. My God, someone. <laughs> someone give that bull a coffee or something. Yes. Uh, you know, so you see the, the risk of that one, that one animal's genetics becoming the primary genetics for cattle across the world. And, of that's course, that's risky. very much the same with, uh, with poultry, of course. 
and, and pigs. And pigs, of course, uh, yeah. raised in sheds, not seeing light, and uh, it's almost too sad to even contemplate. But it is the reality. That's, uh, it is the reality. Yes. And see, poultry is the worst, actually. We've had the highest losses of biodiversity in poultry because they want them... You know, they want them to grow so fast that you've got a giant breast on your plate when they're only five weeks old, mm. and it's just disgusting. Those animals' lives are terrible. Yes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So um, what um, – okay, so the problem has been identified in Rome. Um, this is sort of the yeah, snapshot so the, the of, of where we of are. Report, yes. Yeah, and the main finding of the report is that it's – the changes in land use and, and water, uh, sorry, land and water use and management mm. that, from industrial agriculture that have caused most of our biodiversity loss and also most of the um, increasing rapidity of climate change as a kind of as a you know corollary effect. Um, and a huge amount of that is deforestation, which is done to create more grazing land or more monocrop crops to feed animals in sheds and feedlots. Can someone so mention they, that to the people in Queensland? I mean, uh, if, right. we, if we look yeah, at this, if we look at this country, this island uh, continent, this island continent, yeah, obviously, um, it, Queensland seems to be the one most hell bent on just if it's a tree, rip it down. They are, and it has to be stopped, Cam. Like this is the, the what but, was very yeah. clear in the room with all the uh, the governments of the world there. What was clear is that everybody there understands that this is the problem, but what they don't have a really good idea about is the solution because governments are afraid to regulate industry. Well, yeah, and, and, you've, and if I could just cut across you, if I may cut across you, I'm so sorry to mm -hmm. do that, but then you've got, you know, Barnaby Joyce who's, who's sort of poised, ready to re-enter the National Party. Yeah, I know, and yeah. that's in yeah. Australia it's particularly bad because our politicians are our industrial agriculturalists. Yes. It's really, same with the cotton story with Cubby Station and stuff, it's really... It's really corrupt, really. Um, but we have to stop. You know, I wrote about it as it's the equivalent of if I walked up to you and ripped your lungs out, would anybody stand by and let me do that? That's mm. what we're doing as we keep ripping forests out of, out of off the world. Oh, that's an interesting analogy. It's better than mm. that yeah. poor, poor old bull lying in his pen. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but that's, uh, that, but that's this is quite serious. And... Um, and, you know, one of the things, if I can just digress and just, just throw this out here, you know, on Friday the 15th, uh, the school children are having the kids walk out. Uh, That's right. Which i got to say that uh, I heard a cart on it today on the radio station and made me made me smile. And these are the ones who are going to inherit this mess. And uh, exactly it's, right. it's great to see that uh, some of us oldies, and I, I doffs my lid to you, um, uh, trying to get things done. What positive things came out of Rome, if we can, uh, if we can sort of go for that? Um, look, even though there's definitely a sense of too little, too late because of the, how quickly the climate's warming, but mm. um, but the positive things are they they know they have to take quicker action, and many many countries, Australia not being one of them, yes. but many other countries are actually taking action to stop some of the most destructive practices. Yeah, and let's and, and let's do a, bit, a hail mary and and say good on you to places like Ecuador. You were telling me about yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ecuador what? is amazing. So, I mean, countries along uh, countries on the equator, I think, have been affected more by climate change than many others. Oh. And Ecuador is one of those. And they also have a, a big proportion of small-scale farmers rather than big industrial farms. Yes. And so that has led to, I think, 
greater sense of urgency. And Ecuador's also, I mean, they're, they're Latinos, right? They're Latin Americans. They're just very expressive. And you should see the frustration of the delegate from Ecuador when he listens to America or Canada carry on about how they want to keep doing what they're doing. And he's like, you know, you have no soul. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he gets quite agitated because, you know, the stakes are extremely high. But the positive things are there's more support for smallholders around the world. Um, they know that agroecology is what is going to enable us to continue to produce food without destroying the planet. Mm. Um, there was great news this morning in the um, uh, which paper. I don't remember which paper. Um, Charlie Arnott, who's a regenerative farmer up in, up in New South Wales. Can you repeat that, that, a, word, that name again? Charlie Arnott, was Char- it? Charlie Arnott. Like Arnott's the biggies? Yes, got it. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Charlie Arnott is a great farmer up in New South Wales who transitioned to regenerative practices, I think it'd be at least 20 years ago. Mm. And he's seen huge improvements in his land. He's, he's drought-proofed it, basically. Really? So he's up there in drought country, and he has grass when his neighbors don't. Whoa. So he and people like David Marsh and Charlie Massey, who wrote Call of the Reed Warbler, um, all of these guys are doing this wonderful broadacre work Mm. and showing that we can actually hold carbon and improve landscape function without using any chemicals and without and by planting more trees instead of tearing them down. Well, that's uh, well. It's good to get some sort of uh, some good news there. And also, um, if I can just doff my lily, I'm doing it again. Sorry, I'm repeating myself. Uh, transition farm <laughs> down in Rye. They virtually got two acres of uh, of just sand and uh, through. Great work and biodynamics. They have made beautiful, beautiful soil out of it. So there is still some hope. Um, We have generations coming on who will replace um, these aging dinosaurs uh, that um, with with a lot of these practices, and maybe maybe we'll evolve. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Well, and that is that's the real good news story, Sam. I think the. You know, the population of small-scale farmers um, mm. is growing rapidly at the moment, and the likes of Robin and Peter at Transition, or even us here on Joe and I, only in the last decade we've all been doing what we're doing. Yes. And we're seeing, we're seeing in the movement of small-scale farmers more young people wanting to come to it, you know, whereas in industrial farming the average age is now like 57 years old and we're losing farmers because they're finding it harder to make a living mm. and they're going broke but with paying for chemical. Um, the small-scale guys are like, hey, that looks like a good life. I could do that on 50 acres or two acres or 100 acres. Yeah. And and they are growing the change. All right. Tammy, one more minute we've got left. Um, you've got an event happening on Sunday, the March 17th at your farm. We in do. Farm Day Out. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Farm Day Out was conceived as a major fundraiser for AFSA, the Food Sovereignty Alliance. Because we don't um, we don't subsist on grants or philanthropy. Um, we are membership based and we do fundraising amongst our community, so that we can do the work we do to support more farms instead of bigger farms. Um, so yeah, we've we've got three bands coming. We've got Fred, Justine Hollick, uh, Sal Kimber and the Rolling Wheel, and Sean McMahon, and they'll be entertaining us all day while there's a bunch of ethical local food available, um, and it's all in support of AFSA's work to keep doing what we do. Sounds good. How do we find out about it? Go oh, to... my God, I forgot to say, it's the launch of our book, too, Ooh. Farming Democracy, uh, trans- Radically Transforming the Food System from the Ground Up, which is the story of eight small-scale farmers 
um, producing and distributing their food in ethical and ecologically sound ways. Well, we probably have something else to talk about in the not-too-distant future. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Head on up. It sounds like it's going to be a great day. Um, how do we, website, uh, just Tammy Jonas yeah. will do it. Uh, it, yeah, if you search Tammy Jonas Farm Day Out, you'll find it, but also AFSA yeah. uh, Farm Day Out. All right, look, we better run along because um, we've got to have a chat to David Moyle and talk about a dinner that is 6,500 years in the making. Oh, that looks so good. I wish yeah. I could be at that. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You stay tuned. Great <laughs> to talk to you. We're going to move Great. on. Thanks a lot, Cam. Thanks, Tammy. 12.25 here on 3 R. Some music, maybe. Something a little bit appropriate. In a way. On a Sunday. Bar eater with a good feel. Yeah. Porno for Pyro is a good feel too. Yeah, Porno for Pyro is a good feel. Good feel. Got Bushy just um, sent in something. He said, good on you. Good on you, Bushy. Mm. And good on you, David Moyle, who I'm sitting across. And what a delight it is. Good to be here. Thanks, Cam. Do you enjoy that coffee? That was excellent. Wasn't bad. Good. Good, good. All right, well, we're off to a good start because it could have all gone bad. If we uh, coffee's not very good, I'm going. I'm yeah, that's out. it. I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> See you later. Um, last night's service, did you work? Were you there? No, no. Uh, what was going on? Uh, we're was... talking Long Song, of course, down there. Down no, I was down the coast last night, down in Torquay, which is good. Yeah, friends. Waves? Uh, well, there was waves. I swam. Yes. I wasn't prepared for the waves. I didn't have a board. On I'm not prepared for no, these waves. Well, not today. Not you yesterday. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Profoundly at the, at the ocean as you went. Um, but something else is going to be happening that I've got to say is actually a very profound event. It's a really interesting one. Yeah. It's Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Uh, it's the Eel Dinner, a dinner that uh, is, is billed as 6,500 years in the makings, but I thought it would be even more than that. But it's uh, if for you personally, it was a journey back to your home country and seeing a different aspect of it, would I say? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was sort of effectively born and bred in southwest Victoria in Port Ferry. Port Ferry. Uh, and we used to regularly visit place called Mount Eccles um, and then there's been some What's sort of Mount Eccles? Mount Eccles is a national park I, I guess effectively mm. it's a it's a um, uh, it's a dormant volcano uh, so it had a um, an eruption 7,000 years ago or so um, ah, so desk. Okay, now I'm getting it. Yes, okay, now I'm understanding why it's 6,500 years. In the yeah, Thank yeah. You. well, the landscape, the, the origins of the landscape, effectively. So so this volcano mm-hmm. uh, erupted way yeah, back we don't let's, let's call it 7,000 years. I'm not going to yep. be held to that one, but... Um, we haven't got our carbon dating kit no, on us. No, right. yes. But effectively, I mean, the Indigenous people of Australia have always been known as being nomadic um, but uh, the likes of uh, Bruce Pascoe and and Co have sort of exposed the fact that um, uh, long known fact that there's you know f- forms of uh, aquaculture and agriculture within that um, and the landscape at uh, at Lake Conda, which is just off Mount Eccles, was actually used uh, proven to be used six and a half thousand years ago for um, eel trapping. So 
uh, and up until those first tall ships arrived. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much, yeah, when, yeah, when they were drained. Yep. Well, they were drained in the 1950s, actually. Gotcha. But um, so describe. Can you describe? Give us a, a mind's eye sort of description of the area and what you you saw because you went down there with uh, those two redoubtable chaps. Yeah. Well, Max this Allen is, this and was Richard all, Cornish. This was all driven very strongly by by Richard Cornish and Max Allen. Yes. Um, God bless them. Yeah, yeah fantastic. And it's just like we, we had a, a great trip down there, and I'm very familiar with that that area. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I've got a lot of relatives down there that grew up in Haywood and the like. It's oh, all that, yeah, yeah. Merino. Yeah. Um, and we used to actually camp at Mount Eccles and just had fond memories of being covered in leeches in there. But awesome. Didn't understand about the eel traps as nobody really did. But um, the the landscape's pretty. Oh, it's have we got trees? Is it a tree landscape? It is. It is. It's fairly. Um, it's it's shrub like, and yeah. obviously it's fairly harsh with that uh, underfoot. The the I guess what was the lava flow uh, has no topsoil in it really oh, through yeah. most of that that area. Gotcha. So it's a pretty harsh landscape. So it's not rich loamy soil. What's that? Sorry, not rich loamy soil. No, underfoot. no. I mean, there's another one down further. There's Tower Hill, which has. That effect. Um, maybe the lava flow is a bit further under a topsoil, mm. um, but it's a really harsh-looking climate. Yeah. Um, but against that, uh, they had developed a pretty interesting sort of a, a system using yeah the, the the nets with the eels, but also with ducks and um, other wildlife that were surrounding the area. So. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary and unique. It sounds like a bit of a cornucopia of um, of produce and a great place to be there. And also the very, very fact that uh, not only were they catching eels yep. using these baskets down these these channels of the river, yep. as far as I can see, True. but they were also uh, value-adding them. Smoking. Smoking them. Yeah, that's right. And uh, there was something about... Um, the, uh, a hollowed out tree or something where there was yeah, tell, tell me a bit so how would they smoke them and were they disseminated then well there was not entirely sure mm-hmm. um, saw the remnants of the process of the smoking so there's there's some examples of um, smoking trees which are basically a hollowed out tree uh, that they were, the eels would be hung in and, and smoked to prepare them um, so we're talking hot smoke, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's something that we can all picture and have a familiar. Yeah, and um, and do I reckon to it. smoked eel is one of my favourite. Uh, I'm 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 right there with you. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Uh, don't don't love the process of handling the eel live until the point where you <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. get to the point where you stick him in a tree and smoking them. Yeah, um, they're freaky things. Oh yeah, they? yeah. They they do not want to die. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they they do not, yeah. and uh, but uh, by actually smoking them, you make them delicious, and they have been made delicious for millennia. That's right. There's, That's you know, sort of the thing, isn't it? Intent for a very very long time. So, mm. and the, the the purpose of this dinner is sort of more about trying to celebrate and have a pride around what existed so long ago with a, with our and an acknowledgement that's exactly right and and uh, an evolution of us yep. white fellas in being able to regard what went on and we're seeing a lot of that happening uh, i've been watching it in the guardian over the last uh, few weeks you've been seeing that too matt yes indeed yes um and it's kind of gives us a little bit of hope and i think it's uh, it's a really really good thing and of course if people want to 
read about this further and a greater yep. understanding, we've got to go to Pasco and his amazing book, yep. Dark Emu. There's there's quite a uh, – Damien Bell and the Gundijmar are down at um, – down in Haywood are actually doing a lot of progressive work around that and they're mm. writing a lot to try and capture the history. Got it. Um, so so what's yeah. going to happen? So that's sort of the, the backdrop of uh, and the inspiration for the, the night. What's happening in the restaurant up there at the top end, on the eastern end of Little Burke Street? For that night, on for the evening. Night, so evening. on the night will be... Um, and what night is that again? The uh, it's Thursday the 21st, so yes. ten, 10 days away or so. Yeah. But um, it'll, be, it'll be representative... Uh, not only of what was prepared in that area, but also what uh, exists, the agricultural landscape that exists now. So mm. we'll be using mussels and potatoes and abalone. And yeah, you're talking and about so freshwater mussels that were there. Yeah, yeah. Never had a freshwater mussel. Well, yeah, I haven't actually firsthand experienced it, um, mm. and we'll 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 be using more the the, the introduced variety. Blackie, here. yeah, the blackies. Yes. Yeah, and then probably some local river fish and and so on and so forth. There's a there's a pretty strong depth of of what existed in that area. It's 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 pretty extraordinary. But we wanted to represent all elements of of how it was used in the past and how it's used now. All right, let's get down to the uh, the dirty Lucas side of things. How much is it? Uh, one twenty, I believe, yes, one, inclusive of um, drinks from the area. So, representative of you know Drumborg and there's Henty some wines. Yeah, there's the Henty region. Yes, um, there's you know Hotchkirch. There's and that's some Max is obviously curating that. Max yeah. Allen, of course, if you haven't heard of him, uh, one of the great wine writers. Commun- Let's call him a communicator. Yeah, that's that's the word. Plays a good banjo too. <laughs> Does uh, he? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, his fingers fly. <laughs> uh, the fingers flying. Um, gosh, it, it sounds really good. And I suppose um, just in conclusion of, of this sort of thing, and I want to ask you about if you've got any favourite events coming up for Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Yep. Uh, what are you? What's the main sort of impression you had of witnessing or reimagining that land that you sort of stomped on as a kid? Ah, uh, it. There's a, like the fact you, without carrying on too much, there's a sense of like I go there with a sense of familiarity. Yes, because I'm from there. But then, but not. No, exactly. And yes, then you la- and then you learn of this, yeah. and you feel like a bit of an idiot, to be honest. Well, well, it's just, the, you know, the more the, we know, the less we know, Dave. Well, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> that's you know? right. Yeah, yeah. But there's a, a great loss of um, uh, of knowledge there, and yeah. it's sort of yeah. I, I see it as as um, an opportunity, I guess, mm. um, to, to show that and to see like the, you know, how extraordinary that, that food history and culture we have. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty profound. Uh, I'd learnt of this a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, let's call it three or four years ago. Um, but during my schooling, during all of the education I had down there, there was no talk of any of that um, which is quite extraordinary, and that needs to change. But is it? Hey, but is it? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, or, or, or uh, no, no. Actually, let's 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 be a little bit more positive and say, oh, was it? Yes, that's right. Absolutely, it's and a better way of it will change. It so I think that's yeah, an extraordinary uh, perspective, I suppose. Yeah. To, to come from a blind side for back to six and a half thousand years, mm. <laughs> not a yeah. hundred. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> it's 12.40 here on 3 RFM. I'm talking to David Moore. My name is Cam Smith. Across from me is the redoubtable... Oh, I'm Matt Stedman. I'm still uh, here as well. Uh, yes. And uh, we're all caffeinated and powered by Gravity Coffee, which is kind of nice. Um, 
food and wine festival, is there any sort of uh, events that you're looking at going to or you're looking forward to or you are participating Part. in? Yeah, I'm participating Other than in the yield dinner. Yeah, it's really interesting this year. Um, uh, I took part in the launch on, God, when was that? You what was that? in those muscles? Uh, just sit. <laughs> I'm pointing my finger. I know. Accusatory. No, that was so good um, because I've been doing red muscles for a long time. I used to do white muscles when we looked towards France for our inspiration. Yep. But you, these are sort of white muscles, but yeah, umami well, laden. Well, for the launch, we just did like it was four or five simple dishes. I did a dish of, uh, it was, you know, it's like four or five mussels. Yeah. And they were literally just cooked in, um, a, a stock made from smoked seaweed. So almost like a dashi, but right. using the, the local seaweed. Yeah. Uh, then you cook the mussels off as you would normally. Yeah. Uh, just in a, in a large pot with using that stock. Use that at base with, Covered. um, butter that has been sparked again with smoked, uh, seaweed. And it also had a fermented mushroom through there. Uh, but you know, lemon juice. The whole, it's pretty classic, but it had umami vibes. Yeah, it had umami. Well, yeah. and that's sort of that's sort of your your shtick. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because it's it. like those lamb ribs I had a long time ago. No, yeah. a long time ago, last year. Yep. Compressed in is that the right word? Just in a bag with <laughs> with gold. Oh, and I was poached. Yeah, poached. But then we used a, like a salted apricot, like a, like umeboshi, the the salted. Plum. You did that with apricots? Yeah, well, yeah. That's a good freaky. friend from mine in Tasmania does them, and they're extraordinary. That's freaky. Yeah. Sounds awesome. And the umami-laden flavours. Freaky good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't let you finish. Any yeah. other things? Because I just stopped you at Muscles, and I apologise. Oh, that's okay. No, I'm also part of the uh, the Jindavik. I'm a bit of a late call-in with that for the... the oh, you're coming the up for that? Takeover. Yeah, we're doing On the a, 30th. So uh, yep. if you knew, uh, just tuned in, uh, it was supposed to be happening next Saturday. It's been postponed no, because of the... Uh, bushfire threat and also just letting the community uh, come to grips with it so that they can invite people in. That's right. You're coming along. What are you going to be and doing? And it's about the community there, so that's important. Um, we're basically doing, with uh, Pat Sullivan and uh, William Downey, we're doing effectively Bill a Downey? Yeah, Is he yeah, coming yeah. down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I haven't we're, seen him in ages. We're hosting a little bar down there, which would be great. No way! Yeah, yeah. And then I'm also doing a talk on... Um, well, the theme is it's the end of the world as we know it. Uh, so I'm talking with about... With REM playing in the background? Well, ho- on repeat, hopefully, yes. Right. Okay. Uh, God, that could drive me a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm talking about invasive species, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, which should be cool. Oh, that sounds Pretty good. Interesting. Matt, you should come along. Uh, three, March 30th, I think you said. Yeah, March 30th. It's get been, in the car. It's been delayed oh. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, get in the car. <clears throat> get in the car. Sorry, I'm getting all excited. <laughs> um, David, we probably have to go because uh, have you made tomato sauce yet? Uh, you made the sauce? Most of, uh, I haven't, ma- no, I haven't even tasted this one, but I'm eyeing off that jar sitting in the corner. Yeah. Um, because I missed out on my harvest. It's going in my muscles my today. I'm cooking muscles. Oh yeah? For mm. lunch. Mm. Late yeah, lunch. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm doing dinner. Uh, yeah. Nice. Exciting. No, I'm, I'll definitely have some on the way out, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have a look. Well, we've got uh, Mario's here from Spliga Espresso Bar, which you've been having a nice old chat with and yep, getting to know. a coffee with. Um, he's going to come in and we're going to talk about a bit of the, uh, the cultural history and uh, also how you skippies who are in an apartment can possibly make sauce without having to wheel out a 44-gallon drum or have an extended family of 15 people. It's a party. It's a party. <laughs> and everyone's in, and I don't know what music's going to be playing. 12.44 here on 3 Triple RFM. 
been a delight to see you, David. Thank you for taking the time out to come and join us. Thanks for having me, Cam. You're, you're racing off, aren't you? I am. Yeah, you got your racing off shoes. I can, <laughs> I can see them. <laughs> I'm uh, taking that Passata with me. All right, look out. It's not safe. Uh, see you. All right. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, got full stag here at the moment, and it's full stag. All uh, all engines ahead, full. Chop those red things up, get them into the bottle so that we can just Exciting. put them under the house. That's sort of it, isn't it? That's, that's pretty much it. There's not much else right, to and, it. And everyone behave. <laughs> you behave. How are you, gentlemen? You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Mario, it's an absolute delight to see you. You are listening to 3 Triple R. It's Eat It uh, the last quarter. We've had four quarters yeah, it's today. It's been very neat show today, hasn't it's it? It's very neat. It's been great. It's been four, yes. Mario, it's a delight to see you. Thank you. Likewise. You sent me a message from... Uh, uh, the espresso bar, Spriga, yes. down yes. there. And why on earth is it called King Street? Uh, just a weird anomaly about it's, our address. It's yeah, one of the hardest places in the world to find. It is, but when you do, <laughs> yeah, it's, hey, it's the coffee's it. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> coffee's the sweet. The are angry. The barista You're is angry. <laughs> uh, apologies it's a to cold place. chisel there. I might be biased. Uh, it's a beautiful neck of the woods, and it's what it is also if you haven't been to Cafe Spring. What is the address? Just tell them for the... So it's uh, technically yeah. uh, Shop 3, 280 King Street, Melbourne. But it's, but it's uh, miles away from King Street. But it's just off the corner of King yeah. and uh, Little Lonsdale Street. Yeah, it's pretty much right behind the... The, the nice guys from Slater and Gordon. No plug there, just just uh, that's where it is. <laughs> the the good folk. Um, and uh, where you'll have a, a wonderful experience, and that's the thing you recognise, but we're not here to talk about that. We no. need to talk about the beginning but, of autumn. Yes, that's and right. The end of harvest summer. is in. Absolutely. The, this is a very important time of year. For anyone that uh, loves the 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 red blood, the that, red stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That uh, is the, so important to Italian the cuisine. The beating heart of Italian cucina. Absolutely, it's it's one of the most fundamental things that <laughs> yes. uh, you, you must have. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't want to poo poo the stuff you buy in the, uh, the supermarkets. No, I'd do it, but I will. <laughs> yeah, go on, yeah. Okay. There is no comparison, especially there absolutely if, if no you comparison. happen to have one of those ones with dried basil in it, which I think. Think is just the best Heinous thing you can crimes. do is just put Heinous it in the crimes. bin. Put it in the That's bin. Right. There should be a royal commission. Okay. Absolutely, <laughs> dry basil should be banned. <laughs> it should be banned. But um, so the basic. What, so I think the basic difference between those two things, right? So the ones you will buy from the store is it love. Yes, okay, probably. Silly, no, exactly. no, go on, no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, 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 well, you need a nonna to supervise everything. Otherwise, things will go pear shaped. With, with a very heavy wooden spoon to wrap people's knuckles. Absolutely, and mm. she will and every she will. every time. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and yeah, she needs to obviously control control proceedings because uh, with delegate. Nonna, yes, because it's all about the delegation. And yep. how does that get worked out? Um, it's 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 sort of you know that it's sort of, of controlled madness. You know, yes. it's just. It's, uh, you know, Nonna screaming from the top of her voice and uh, making sure that everyone's doing their job and pulling yeah. their weight and all yeah. that sort of stuff. All right. and, and whatever you do, you're doing wrong. <laughs> and, and, and if you think you are, just go to the first rule. Now, listen, yes. can you just give us um, probably the best thing to do here? Yeah. All jokes aside, this is the serious part. Sure. We're talking about delegation. Yes. But but what happens? I see I see a box of tomatoes, right? Yep. Box of tomatoes, and then we see a jar of passata. What, what is the, the process? Okay. That All right. So leading up to um, you know making the passata, and and a lot of Italians in Melbourne would actually refer to it as sugo. 
yeah. right? So it's the or the sauce. sauce. The sauce. The sauce. The one we're making the sauce. Hey, we're making yeah, the sauce. so we make this all good. Um, so usually the conversations start talking early summer about the quality of the tomatoes and how they're going to be. <laughs> they're looking so, yeah, so we're talking probably a good three months in advance. Yeah. Everyone's a little bit worried that mm, they're going to be a little bit, um, you know, thin. They're going to be full of water. And what are we going to do? And, and this year was particularly bad. It seemed to be particularly bad. I don't know if you noticed the quality of the tomatoes this year, but it's it, they weren't particularly good. But we were blessed, I've got to say. This year we were blessed with magnificent Roman tomatoes that, that my mum, Nonna, hunted down. And, uh, Where'd she find them? She actually she just went local this year, which is nice. She's Where's local? So locally is uh, local is just Oakley, just yeah. around the corner. So oh, she yeah. went to her um, grocer and um, you know Oakley negotiated. Still, yes, yes, did a deal. Did a deal as only Nonna can. Yes, <laughs> she, don't I think she did Nonna. have the wooden spoon. Out. Wooden spoon. I hit you again. <laughs> That's it. <Yes. laughs> um, and you know, and she you know thoroughly uh, checked out every single box that she bought. <laughs> Yes. Making sure there wasn't any dodgy just, tomatoes it's in like, there. It's like the heroin deal, you know, the, the big drug deal. No, I want to see that box. Yeah. Show me that box. Yeah, don't just put the good stuff uh, on top. top. I'm looking uh, underneath. I'm looking unbelievable. Underneath. Yes, yeah, okay, she doesn't okay. fall for that. No, She's, no. So, so you get your tomatoes, right? And and I've got some rough proportions here as well. So oh, this year our yield was... Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, so make notes here. So yes. we've got 12 boxes. Yes. 12. No, sorry. I lie. We had five boxes, five. so we're just we're only doing for one family right oh, now because okay. the family has shrunk somewhat over the years. Okay. Um, five boxes. So five boxes will yield about sixty bottles, six hundred mil uh, bottles. So your typical Posada bottle. Um, now that's a good, thick, high quality yield, right? So mm. it's again nothing compared to the the watery shit that you buy in the supermarket. Oops. <laughs> Can I say that? Oh, I I just Sorry about that, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, one bottle of homemade, beautiful Passata, you'll probably have to use half the amount that you would normally with a commercial one. And you, we don't use paste. We don't use tomato paste at all because mm. you don't need to. Yeah, don't you? Because the intensity of flavour is there and the thickness is there. And, and, actually, and it's all about the Roma tomato too, the we paste do. tomato. Yeah, exactly. Even though so, you haven't got any paste, you've got a paste tomato. That's right. Yes. So we... I did a little bit of research when we talked about this and because and, um, I, I quickly realised that the history that I know is just personal history, mm. you know, from my family and yeah. that sort of stuff. It's your cultural tradition. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it's all That's yeah, what's yeah, so great. Absolutely. But do you need to know any more? Well... Yes, I do. Yeah. Because when you, we I talked like. about it, I thought, well, what is, how do other people do it? There oh, are God. other Italians out there doing this, apparently. Well, it's all about the Melbourneese, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> so I, I stumbled across a really, really good article by Laura Egan, uh, published in Il Globo. And oh, hey, there you go. That's, it's pretty, that's authentic. I think, huh? we're, I think we're Globo. talking a pretty good source here. Okay, that's yeah? good. Yep. So thanks, Laura, for uh, helping us out on, uh, on on today. But she actually refers to San uh, Marzono tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Well, which that's... we've never used before, but I'm, I'm sure what that, that would from? be good. So mum's from Lazio and dad's yeah. from Campania. And where are San Marzano tomatoes from? Oh, I'm not sure. Sicilia. They might be. Maybe. I'd say they'd be deep south stuff. Because you'll get people that just go, that's the you know the, the Italians with the waving finger go that's the only tomato you use why exactly. would you do anything else that's exactly I thought right. you were serious yeah okay yeah. exactly yes <laughs> anyway so we digress a little bit so there, there's some there's some rough formulas there about volume yeah um, so you'll end up with about sixty bottles if you end up with if you buy five cases of the Roma tomatoes all right that's quantity that's 
Yeah, but how do you do it? What's going so, on? Okay. Do you chop them up? Do you throw them against a wall and catch it, or so what's going on? If you want to be the traditional bog and yeah. do it the proper way, yeah. right? This is exactly that's reaching how for his pen. You do he it. wants to be a traditional bog. Yeah. Don't we all? Don't, don't we, we all secretly? All, all of us skippy secretly. Yeah. Don't we all? All right. So traditional <laughs> method is. So you need to turn up with a pair of overalls. <laughs> <laughs> what co- color? Usually blue or red. Blue usually or blue or red. Yeah, usually, you know, having used in some factory in Melbourne at some stage or another, <laughs> yes. they have to have a certain yes. smell, yes. <laughs> an industrial smell. Yes. So you're, you're dressed appropriately. So you're right? protective you're clothing. Protective clothing. Because yes. you will get tomato uh, all over yourself. It's, okay. it's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. Mm. Um, you will generally have to rock up at a nonna's house at some ridiculous time in the morning. <laughs> what time? And no matter, no matter... Yes. What time you get there, you'll be you late. You are late. Yeah. Do you, do you get a shot of holly water as you come right. through the door? Uh, when Dad was around, we used to, we but used not to so not much anymore. with Mum. Nana yeah, Mum's no. strict. No drinking. <laughs> She's such a. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to explain how early you need to arrive there. When we did arrive, which was obviously late. Yeah. Um, this is a beautiful story. She said to us, "You know, Mario, mm. Mm. this morning mm. at two o'clock in the morning when I woke up." It was dark, so I couldn't get anything done. <laughs> you know, so we suggested to her that maybe we need to align the full moon so that she has oh, a bit of light, yes, so yes. she can get up at midnight and actually. But that would be a disaster because what would happen is we'd arrive and everything would be finished. <laughs> yeah, and she go. I, look, I did it without you anyway. Again, again, again. Okay, so um, so, so we need to get these tomatoes chopped, don't we? So. So the first thing you do is inspect, right? You pull the tomatoes out, um, yes. you wash them, and then you individually inspect, e- inspect each one, right? So the only thing you're do- looking for is, is you know, blemishes, anything bad. So you just cut off any blemishes. So now you've got washed tomatoes. That's a good start. Good uh, put them in a big colander maybe just yes, to drain, drain them. them. We don't want water, right? No. We want to minimise water. No, we want to Cons- concentrate, not exactly. dilution, no. Right, this is where it gets a bit tricky for the, for the people uh, who aren't wogs. Uh, yes. You need a 44-gallon drum. Yeah. Preferably with a copper insert. That's probably something like thirty or forty uh, liter yeah. copper insert. And underneath that, um, you will stoke a fire, a, a, wood, a fire. wood fire, a wood fire. And this is important, Cam. Yeah. yeah, I know. This is important. You know, it's it's all about the fire. Yeah, and, this, okay, and you imagine. will taste that. You will taste that in that sulgor. Yes. yes. So the method that we use is twice cook. Right, and there is another me- another so, method which we're, is we're, well stop yeah, and it's uh, twelve fifty six. I know twelve fifty seven. I know. Um, so twice cook. Um, so what's the first cooking? So the first cook is you've 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 cleaned, you've inspected tomatoes, you've pureed, you've dumped them into your copper um, um, receptacle. Yes. Right. And you've topped it up with water. Mm. Uh, in fact, you've got boiling water going, and you throw it into boiling water. You probably you might just crack the um, the skin on the tomatoes. Maybe you don't have to. Mm. You drop them in there, and they, they boil away, and you've cooked them once. Mm. Now, this is like I said, the twice cook method. Mm. A lot of other families and a lot of other Italian families that I know don't do this first method. Mm. They simply use the raw tomato, pass it, split it. Put them into bottles, salt it, basil it, yeah. cap them, and then then cook then, them. Then boil it. So we twice cook them. So yes. you could literally crack the lid on that yes. and gulp it down. Yes, as some do. <laughs> yes. Why not? So, but but with the single cook method, you can't. 
because it's only been cooked once. Oh, so you have to. Right? Yes. So it doesn't have that intensity of flavour. It's not um, twice cooked. Yeah. So it also lasts much longer because it's twice cooked. You've got about a minute left. Okay, so let's, d- let's hurry through. Yeah. So you've got boiling tomatoes. You pull the boiling tomatoes out. We've got this wooden table that's got slots in it, right? So, again, the slots are very important. You put the boiling tomatoes on the slots, the water drops out. Oh, It's gosh. important. No yeah. water. Water this, is this the table, devil. This table comes out once a year. Exactly. Yeah, it's hosed yeah, down. Yeah. You know it. Yeah, you know it's a special it. I'll have table. to photos yeah, yeah. next time. So you've got the boiling tomatoes, um, you put them into the machine, the Passata machine, right, which I don't even know what it's called. It's, it's the Passata machine. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the thing. It takes, away, it takes away the skins and it takes away the seeds. That's exactly right. Like so magic. you split it. Yep. You split it. Well, one side goes uh, the beautiful Passata itself. The other side comes the skins. Mm. You separate those two things. Um, you get the skins again and you'll pass that through another two times not once not twice but yeah. three times oh only three times yes no more no less it's like a holy trinity thing. it is 100 yeah. and yeah. the reason you do that is that that is a thickening agent and it is also you know important to the are we about to run out of time we're good we're yeah okay it's, it's very very important to um the taste and the thickening of the actual passata itself yes you've done that you've done that you've gone through all your tomatoes you've gone through the three times making sure that the skins are separated you give the skins to the chooks the chooks love the skins all right and then you get the passata itself and you add salt how much salt Roughly two non-hands yeah. worth of salt <laughs> yeah. in each wog pot. The <laughs> wog pot is about mm, 20, 30 litres, right? That's the ratio. Um, then you've got your Posada bottles themselves, which are being sterilised, just boiled. Fill them up, um, three large sprigs of basil, cap it. You've got the old 44-gallon drum. You take that out. You put the new 44-gallon drum in, which is just a 44-gallon drum. You put all the Posada bottles in there. You put you actually put blankets at the bottom of it first because it obviously boils hot from the bottom. Mm. You put all the bottles in. You boil the whole thing up, and you're done. Let it cool down. Pull the bottles out, and hopefully you've got 100% throughput. You haven't had any breakages, and that's sort of, which is why the blankets are there. And then you do a little bit of fresh pasture with some of that fresh sauce, and everybody sits down to eat. That's that's probably the most important part of the day. We're going to have to race off for lunch ourselves, Mario. Thank Grazie. you for coming in. Hey, Brago, <laughs> we're uh, we're ready to go to you. Um, it's Neil from Still Here. Yeah. Thank you very very much. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Dan Hunter from Bray is going to be on the show next week. Can't wait to have a chat to him. Uh, we better throw because we're oh, a little bit late. We're over time. Yeah. yeah. See you next week. We're going. Yeah. Ciao. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.